Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. On next Monday's episode, you're going to hear Katie and I talk all about ideas, where we find ideas, where they come from, how we develop them, and how we turn them into something concrete, whether it be a story, an article, or a podcast episode. So you'll have to turn in next week to hear all about ideas. But when we were talking about that, it gave me the idea to talk a little bit about my writing process in general. Since I am sort of in the thick of writing a new book right now, I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about how I take my little seed of an idea and turn it into an actual book. First, I should say that every writer's process is different and everyone will have the things that work for them. This is what works for me. uh, And I'm by no means saying that if you want to be a writer, this is what you need to do to write a book. But uh, this is how I do it. And I am still figuring it out. So I still will change up my process from project to project, tweaking it and trying to figure out what really works for me. So you have to start with that idea. And uh, as I said, you'll have to tune in on Monday to hear about where my ideas come from. But once I have an idea, once I've sort of hit upon something that really fascinates me and that I think might have the potential of becoming an entire book, what I do is I just let that idea percolate. I don't start working on it right away. I think about it quite a bit. And I might talk to people about it, probably will only talk to maybe my husband, perhaps Katie, or my good friend Suzanne, who is also a writer, maybe just to sort of flesh out ideas, because I do think by talking to someone, you can even just come up with ideas yourself, even if that other person doesn't give you an idea, just the act of talking about it can bring about new ideas. But mostly, I will think about it, I might take walks and just uh, ruminate in the idea and see if anything else comes out of it. Once an idea has really truly taken hold, that's when I sit down and start truly brainstorming about it. And I do this on paper. I'm the type of person who having a pencil in my hand really helps my ideas come out. What I do is I just create a typical brainstorm on a piece of paper. I take a large piece of paper. I write in the center of it, maybe my initial idea, or if I have a working title, which I generally don't at that point, but whatever it is, I'll write it in the middle, and then I'll have lines sticking out of it with ideas that are somehow connected to that original idea. And what I try to do is I try to take each one of those branches off as far as I can, coming up with more and more connected ideas that have to do with that original idea. I'm definitely not going to use all of those ideas, but the more bits of information and ideas I can get down on paper, the more I have to work with. And I can start to see if this little idea of mine really has what it takes to become an entire book. Around this same time, characters are going to start appearing for me in my head. Now, some people, when they write, the very first thing that comes to their head is a particular character. And the struggles perhaps of that character and what that character wants. That's generally not how it works for me. I get a more abstract idea first. I get maybe a setting, uh, you know, Rome in 1599, something to do with that, whether it be art or astronomy or music. And 
maybe some other element that goes with that. But some people will start out with characters. But my characters will sort of pop up as I'm fleshing out the original idea. And I will flesh out the main characters that come into my head. I will make sure that I know what it is that that character wants and perhaps what is stopping them from getting what they want. But I'm not going to go too far into, you know, what do they look like? What, you know, what's their favorite color? What was their relationship like with their great aunt? You know, I don't, I don't go into that kind of detail at that stage. Some people do. Some people will write out, you know, 300 things about their main character. I personally will not do that at that point because it will come out. I have tried to do that, but I find it, it very forced and manufactured. And instead, if I just let it come out when I'm actually drafting, it's much more natural and much more organic. My next step is to make an outline. I personally use a very specific plot structure, which is written about in very great detail in the book called Save the Cat Writes a Novel. I highly recommend that book, by the way, if you need a little bit of help with story structure. For some people, story structure comes naturally. That story structure will just sort of be inside of you without even really having to study it. But I find that reading about it and kind of going deep into it, into the specifics of it, it will only help you. It will only make it easier for you. So there's Save the Cat Writes a Novel. There's another story structure called the three-act story structure, which is very popular, and another called the seven-point story structure. These are all wonderful. There's definitely more out there. These are the ones that I'm familiar with, and Save the Cat is the one that I particularly find useful. So I will take the Save the Cat story structure and I will write out my what they call beats, which are sort of moments in the story where I think the story is going. So yes, I am what you would call a plotter, not a pantser, which is basically people who write by the seat of their pants, who start writing a book, have no idea where it's going. To be honest, I wrote my first book like that. But I find that having more structure before I start writing helps me to write in a much quicker way and to save a lot of wasted time going off on tangents that aren't going to lead anywhere in my actual story. So what I do is I open a new document in Scrivener, which is the word processor that I use to draft my novels, and I create a whole bunch of folders. Each folder is a name of a plot point or a beat in the Save the Cat story structure. And within that, I have several scenes that are just empty documents that I'll fill in later. And I do this so that I can get almost a visual sense of how many scenes roughly do I need in each beat, in each section. In some sections, some beats are only going to have one scene, some are going to have several, and it really depends. I also get an idea of how long I want this book to be. I find that I overwrite. (laughs) I tend to write maybe 20 or 30,000 words more than I really should. And since I write for younger audiences, both middle grade and young adult, these books tend to be in a specific word count. And if you write way over the word count, you're going to have a very hard time getting that book published. So instead of just overwriting, which is my tendency, and then having to cut and cut and cut and cut and cut, what I do now is when I make my story structure, I basically look at each scene and I think to myself, okay, how long is each scene going to be roughly? So how many scenes do I need in there? And I make sure that I know that each of those plot points is going to come at the right spot in the story so that my midpoint 
is basically in the middle, that other certain points are where they need to be. Obviously, I'm still going to go over a little bit because that is just how I write, but it's a sort of guardrail that keeps me from going way overboard. After I have created my outline and after I have created a Scrivener document, that is when I start actually drafting. And I have recently started calling my first draft, instead of calling it draft one, I call it draft zero. And this actually takes a lot of the pressure off because everyone knows that first drafts are supposed to be bad, that they're generally going to be bad, but having it called draft zero really helps me to feel like this is not even really a draft. This is just me throwing everything down that I can think of. Just shoveling sand into my sandbox so that I can build a castle. I can't remember who said that, but someone did and it really makes a lot of sense. So I start with draft zero. I try to follow my plot structure as much as I can. I will definitely veer off from my outline. I have never yet to this day written a book that I knew how it was going to end before I actually started drafting it. I usually will leave those last few plot points blank in my outline and I get as far as I can go. And I usually get about three quarters of the way through. I just can't seem to get the ending done until I have a more complete, definitive draft. And draft zero is not that. So it's not going to happen for me. I know this of myself. It is not going to happen that in draft zero or even probably draft one, I'm going to have the ending. You could say that I really fall somewhere in between a plotter and a pantser. I like to have my plot structure, but I'm definitely not going to force my story into it. And if the story wants to go somewhere else, I will follow it where it wants to go. I also try with this draft zero to give myself a very ambitious word goal. I try to give myself a definite amount of time in which to finish it. It's very easy to start writing a book and just never finish. Keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. I know that I won't get the ending done, but I need to get that 75 to 80% done. And because I don't have any of the pressure to make it perfect or even really good, I can just throw it down as fast as I possibly can. And with the book that I'm writing right now, during the period of Lent this year, I decided I was going to write 90,000 words during the 44 days of Lent. And I actually succeeded. Like I said, I didn't finish. I got about 75% through, but I did get those 90,000 words written. And I'm in the process of editing that right now. Um, And that's where really the next main part of writing comes in, at least my process and quite frankly, pretty much every writer's process. And that is revision. Revision is really everything. I recently took Salman Rushdie's masterclass and he said, all writing is rewriting. And it really is, especially if you write in this manner, especially if you try to throw down that draft zero in a month and a half or whatever time, if you do NaNoWriMo or whatever way you tend to If you tend to try to write quickly with your first draft, you're going to need to do a lot of revising. Some people will revise as they go. Personally, I find that this gets me too much out of the story uh, to try to look at it critically in this way. So I just prefer to try to go straight through as far as I can before I get to that, uh, that cliff right before the end. And then I go back and I try to rewrite it. What I generally do is I print the entire thing out, I bind it together, and I just read it. And while I read it, I make notes. What is working? What isn't working? Oh, there's a scene that I 
didn't write because I couldn't figure it out. And I give myself permission to do that when I'm doing my draft zero. I can just totally leave a scene blank or unfinished and just say, figure out how to end this later. So I might, by reading it, get an idea. Oh, I, I know how I could end this now. Just by taking a little bit of distance from it, a little bit of a step back and reading it on paper, those ideas might come to you. I personally have to really resist line editing at this stage. I have worked for many years as a magazine editor, and it is a knee-jerk reaction for me when I see a badly written sentence to try to rewrite it and to make it sound better. If I do this, if I give in to this compulsion, I will spend way more time than I should on this particular step in the process. Um, And I recently have experience with that, and I'm kicking myself right now that I spent too much time line editing on my first major revision, and I should not have done this. So really, for me, the ideal thing to do at this stage is to just to go through, get a sense of, is this working? I'm going to get much more sense of character during this stage. I'm going to sort of see my characters in a more complete way, in a more formed way. So I can dig a little bit deeper. I can think, okay, maybe maybe I can start to work on a more uh, in-depth backstory for this person. And once I have done that, that is when I sit back down at the computer and I start rewriting, truly rewriting. Now, I don't completely start from zero and start typing it up again. A friend of mine suggested that I try that. I tried that, but I'm such a bad typist that, and I make so many mistakes when I type that it was so frustrating for me. I said, no, I'm not going to completely rewrite on a blank document. So I, I make a copy of my draft zero. I literally make a new copy of it. So I save that draft zero. It's in the archive. I can go back and find it if I need to, but I start on a copy of that draft, truly my draft one. And I go through and I start finishing scenes that have been not finished, adding things, subtracting things. I might do a little bit of line editing at this stage if I feel like I really need to, uh, but I'm really focusing more on the story arc and the characters. Once that is finished, basically what follows is simply a process of revision and revision and revision and revision. And most writers will tell you that the revision process takes much longer than the original creating of the first draft. That is probably triply so for me. I can get that first draft down so fast. The revisions take me sometimes years. (laughs) Um, I will probably go through about four drafts, obviously, coming up with the ending in the meantime, before I will let anybody read what I have written. So I try to get to the, the book to roughly the length that I want it to be. It's still probably going to be a little bit too long at this point, but hopefully not you know twice as long as it should be. And I should have the ending by this point. And I should have cleaned up the language and made it a little bit, uh, a little bit prettier in the meantime. I'm generally going to give the book to my for lack of a better word, critique partner, Suzanne, who is a brilliant writer and who's helped me with every single thing I've ever written, she will read it and make notes. Again, she's not going to do line editing, but she is going to say, you know, this scene doesn't, it doesn't seem in character, uh, or I think you need to add another scene here because we're not getting the sense of this, or, or if huge things seem wrong, she's going to give me all of that advice. I'm going to go back to the drawing board and revise again. Eventually, I will show the book to other people. I'll probably give it to Katie. She has always read everything everything that I've written as well. 
and possibly others. A lot of time at this point, you'll give your book to what they call beta readers, which are not necessarily writers. They might also be writers, but they might just be people who love to read. This is an important step as well, because a lot of people who read your book are going to be non-writers, but they are readers and they know what they like and they know when a scene is dragging and they know when they've, their, their attention has been lost or they know when something is super exciting or when something is not believable. And so these are the people that you want to tell you, yeah, that right there, he wouldn't have said that. That doesn't make any sense at all. I don't believe that. And so you're going to go through this process of revision, or I am at least, again and again and again. I will probably do roughly eight to 10 drafts of something before I show it to my agent. Now, I'm lucky enough to have a literary agent. If you don't have a literary agent, this is probably when you're going to start querying literary agents. But uh, usually I'll do sort of a final polish, go through, cut out all those last words that don't need to be there phrases and sentences that really don't add anything. Uh, make sure that you know all the historical stuff is accurate. When I get it to the best possible shape that I can do, and to me it seems perfect, <laughs> that's when I send it to my agent. Knowing that my agent will have at least one, if not two more revisions for me to do. The book that he has right now, not the one I'm working on, but my most recent unpublished work, he had me do two more drafts of. With my first book, Midnight in the Piazza, he had me do three more drafts of that after I had given it to him in what I thought was perfect condition. Sometimes these changes can be major. Usually in my case, they are. Usually I've got something wrong in the plot, something that doesn't work. And this is when I often turn to my husband. My husband is not a writer himself, but he has a great sense of plot. I keep trying to convince him to start writing something because he's so often said to me, what if you did this? And it's just one little idea and it totally solves all my problems. Generally, I'll talk to him about it. We'll sit, we'll go out to dinner. I'll have a list of things that I need to change or things that I need to do. And I'll just sit and talk it over with him. And he'll help me come up with ideas and ways to fix these things. Sometimes it can be hard because he's generally not read the book at this point, but it forces me to explain things to him and to make it make sense in a quick, concise way. And if you can't explain your book in a relatively quick and concise way, you've probably got some problems in your plot. By this point, the story is really out of my hands. Once my agent has decided that it's ready to go on submission, I just sit and wait. And actually, that's what I'm doing right now with my uh, book about Caravaggio. I'm waiting for my agent to sell it. This is the hard part. This is really the hard part because you can't do anything. You can't. It's out of your hands. So that's why I'm working on a new book right now. Once a book does sell, you will have more revisions to do with your editor, of course. It depends on the editor. And of course, it depends you know, how much you worked on it with your agent. I tend to work a lot on revisions with my agent. Other people might not. But I can assume that I'll have to do at least one more draft with an editor, if not two. Then the copy editing process begins. This will be done by the copy editors who work for the publishing house. They'll make all their suggestions and you need to go through and basically accept them or not. And if you're not accepting them, you have to have a real reason. The next step is what's called the first pass pages. Basically, your editor sends you a photocopy of the layout of the book. Basically, what the book will look like once it's bound. So instead of having a you know vertical page of typewritten 
you know, a manuscript, you'll have a horizontal page with left and right pages on it. So it'll look actually like a book. This is really the last time, the last chance you have to make any major changes. I mean, I wouldn't even say major changes are possible at this point, but you could, you know, add a paragraph of text or subtract a few sentences, something like that. Nothing much more than that. Your next step, which is the very final step, as far as the author is concerned, at least, are the galleys. The galleys are basically a mock version of your book paperback, even if it's going to be a hardback book. There might be a few things missing, like the dedication page, the acknowledgements, table of contents. These things might be missing, but basically the whole text of the book is there. And this is when you get to sit down, and really this is the most fun part, I think, of the entire process, because you sit down and you read it from cover to cover as a true book for the first time. And most people will suggest you read it out loud because you can catch more errors that way. This is the last chance you have to change anything. Generally, the publisher does not want any lines to be changed. So if you have to add a word, add a couple words, you got to make sure that you're subtracting a couple as well so that it fits and so that it's not adding another page or even another paragraph to the manuscript because it's already bound. It's, I mean, it's already laid out, I should say. But that's it. That's the last chance for you to have to find a typo, to see a word that just you can't allow to go in. You could change it at that point, but that is basically your last chance. And then it goes off into the magical publishing world. And after a few months or many months, you finally have your book. So that is how I go from idea to completed book. I just realized this has been a very long mini episode and I apologize for that. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this midweek bittersweet moment. Join us again. If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thanks.